0: Happy Valentine's Day. So I thought I would share a podcast with you that I was not going to publish because of this day of love. So I recorded this podcast, Driving to Tampa, after reading a really sad article about a mom who lost her son to an overdose of heroin. And I just wasn't going to put this out there. But you know what? If I was to think about how I could share true love today from my heart, it would be this. So it's a different kind of sharing love on this Valentine's Day. But I hope it helps you or a family that you know or somebody that might be suffering from addiction, alcoholism, or any other mental health issues. It's uh, a great day to celebrate love, and it's a great day to tell people that you need help if you do. So I hope you enjoy this very um, honest podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks so much for joining the podcast today. I wanted to talk about something serious that... Mm, I wasn't really sure how I was going to talk about this actually, but so I'm just going to get right into it and not fluff it up. But there is a lot of uh, overdosing happening, and I want to just tell you what happened at the beginning of my Super Bowl Sunday. So, the beginning of my Super Bowl Sunday started out great. Woke up, wonderful husband, wonderful dog, wonderful cat. Um, Cooper was at his mom's house. So it was a quiet morning, and we were having coffee. And then he went, oh, and then Charlie Brown rolled around in raccoon poop. So that's important. I feel like you should know that. And then poor Rob had to clean it up. <laughs> so sidebar, that's not the serious thing I want to talk to you about, but it wouldn't be me if I didn't add a little, a little humor. But that really happened. So Rob and I were sitting, reading the paper, and um, drinking coffee. And then he left and played golf. So we call um, play on our phone time, play on our phone time. (laughs) And that's what I was doing when he left for a little while. I thought, I'm done reading the paper. I'm going to play on my phone, which means I'm going to read. I'm just going to read articles and I'm going to read about business. 95% of it is always about business. And um, I was on Facebook and I saw somebody post an article about a mom that had just lost her 19-year-old son to an overdose, um, a heroin overdose. And, And she wrote this candid, very candid letter about it. And I read it. And I can't even tell you, like, I was sobbing. Sobbing, you know when you go into that ugly cry and you can 't stop well that 's what was happening. I was doing the ugly cry, so i couldn't get away from it either like i i there was one part of this horrific story it 's not even a story, this is the reality of what happened, and I really appreciate that this mom was brave enough to talk about what happened to her son because this happens to uh, many sons and many daughters, many sisters and many brothers and many moms and many dads and aunts and uncles. But I think the more that people talk about it, the more opportunity we will have to make a change or tell our story like I'm going to do about how I felt that day. So what happened, which is very common for me, is I went down the rabbit hole. And I looked up this mom on Facebook, and I looked at the memorial pictures and the video, and I listened to his favorite songs. And I was so sad that she had lost her son. Um, She, It was obvious through reading about this family that she had remarried and had a young child, a young, young son along with her 19-year-old that idolized this 19-year-old boy. And, you know, when she wrote about how her husband told their son that his older brother had passed away and he was sick. The way he wrote, well, the way she wrote that he let out a scream that no child should ever let out. And, I mean, that was the part that made me just sob. So, I want to talk about the families and and how the families get affected. And when that happened, of I just thought about my younger brother, who I call Shwudi. His name is Sean, and that's the New York way to say it, Sean. I live in Florida and everybody says Sean, but he was, he was, uh, he came late in the game. I have an older brother, Paul, and my younger brother is 10 years younger than me. So when I was going through my addiction to alcohol and drugs, he was very young. He was the same age as this poor kid that I read about and it was gut-wrenching to know that that could have been me. And that could have been the situation where they had to tell Sean about me. So it hit me in such a way. And ironically, or unfortunately, you can choose your own word to describe the fact that I hadn't talked to my younger brother since he left after Christmas. He comes to Florida, usually for Christmas or Thanksgiving every year. And we had this silly little tiff. And it wasn't a big deal we made up, but I hadn't spoken to him since. And mostly because I'm just busy. But consciously, I think we both needed a break from each other. But when that happened, I forwarded the um, article to him. And I, I had this very strange survivor guilt that I had I've never felt, and I've heard people say survivor guilt before. I'm like, oh, my God, such a made-up term. What is that? But, boy, I felt it that day. I now know. I felt so, like, guilty that I was saved. Now, it didn't last long, okay? I don't feel guilty anymore. I'm I'm so grateful. But I did feel this gut-wrenching sadness, and I wanted to reach out so badly to this mom, but I didn't want to reach out to her in this hot mess that I was because my goodness, she has already suffered enough. She doesn't need to hear this wailing woman on the phone talking about how she made it and her son didn't. But the reason that I wanted to to talk about it today on the podcast was because this is a family disease and it affects everybody in the family. Alcoholism and addiction affects everybody. And there's there's certain things you can do, right? There's uh, there's help out there. And I want to get to that in a minute. But I don't want to, I don't even want to make it sound like this did not affect me in such a big way. But there's there's hardly any way to translate that to you as I'm recording this podcast. But as I'm driving to Tampa recording this podcast, And If you want to hear more about my story, I already covered that. The first episode that I did for 2019 was about um, my freedom from depression and addiction and alcoholism. I've been sober 24 years, going on 25 soon. It's a big year for me, and it's a a great time to reflect. I've been doing a lot of reflecting really since I um, celebrated 20 years, and I I think so much more about the people that I affected versus me and how it affected my life. Because the interesting thing about myself when I got sober was I was blaming situations and people for why I drank and there is nobody to blame. That's a great thing about being accountable and doing work on yourself is that you realize there's nobody to blame but yourself and you take ownership and accountability, and it's a a fantastic way of life, but that did not come easy. So if you want to listen to that, I would suggest you go back and listen to the story because this child that overdosed on heroin had struggled, and of course opioids was involved, and then it leads to heroin because it becomes very difficult to continue getting prescriptions I assume for opioids or maybe it was expensive I don't know the exact details but I've heard this so much that when you can't get the opioids you just go to heroin and then like my god they just die and uh and it's it happened so much that I just can't even I can't even believe I was so blessed to be saved from that so Getting, getting sober at 21 years old isn't the norm, right? You don't turn legal and get sober. I was already horrifically addicted to a lot of substances. Heroin was the only one I, I did not do because I was afraid of needles. And I just, whatever, I don't have any other reasons. But I watched people, I watched a girl that I knew overdose um, when I lived in Michigan. I didn't really live there. I kind of floated through Michigan i was I was in a blackout living in Michigan. That is true, so i can 't even imagine how painful it's been, but the bravery of this woman is um, is paramount, and I think that we need more people like her to come out and talk about what happens to the children and what happens with people suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction and overdose and suicide and depression and all those wonderful things that happen to us. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. I come from a very good home, you know, battling that whole thing. Like, but you grew up in a really great neighborhood or you went to, you had everything you needed and you had love and it doesn't matter. It's a disease And I don't think a lot of people realize that. I don't think a lot of people understand that it is a disease. So I would suggest, if you want to learn more about it, that you just look up um, Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, and you will read about what we do. And not everybody goes this route. I'm not saying that it's the right route for everybody, but it's what works for me. And I have yet to use a drug or um, or anything in my body for a very long time now. Not even antidepressants. So that was my first year, six months, and that was it. I was done. So for this um, podcast, I want to I want to I just want to give some hope. I feel like to families that suffer, or to the wives, or to the husbands, because. I think a lot of people think that it has something to do with if somebody got fired or if somebody was treated poorly or if they were abused or, you know, alcoholism and drug addiction is is a flat out disease. It is not something that you can just cure. You have to work on yourself and you have to change your entire life. And there's a lot to be said about um, people learning about Alcoholics Anonymous or learning about narcotics Anonymous learning about rehabilitation centers there's no shame in this, but there's a goddamn shame that that kid is dead that's 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 a shame that 's the shame in all of this is that he couldn't get the help and it it has nothing to do with anybody else it's like, oh my God, I wish. I wish I could just grant what was so freely given to me. But for the families, there there's so much help. There's Al-Anon. My parents went to Al-Anon. And I think that that was a tremendous help to them. They'll, they'll, they'll tell you themselves that it was a tremendous help to them. I think that it's helpful that people stay in some type of recovery or therapy. Because it doesn't go away, you know? And it's, it's amazing how people talk about it. Like, like I have family members that have died of this disease, but people don't call it alcoholism that they've died of, like, because there's shame, you know, it's, it's not, it's not, everybody's built to be able to, you know, chug alcohol every day. Okay. Or take drugs. All right. Well, I am, um. You know, my friend asked me this morning, he had called at the wrong time. He was texting me while I was in the midst of going down a rabbit hole about this family. And um, I told him that I wanted to reach out to this mom and let her know how she affected me. Because I I think she needs to hear that she has given a voice to this um, and that she will help so many people because of this. And it helped me to reach, look, it helped me to just reach out to my brother. And it wasn't like I wasn't going to reach out to him. But for sure, it expedited it. it. It makes you realize what's most important. It gives you a lot more empathy for people. And um, and I know for sure that she's going to help tons of people. So it's just a reason that I started talking about it myself. For for me, um, my parents are getting help for themselves. My brother's did not, but my brothers were affected by this disease for sure, because I was the middle child, and I was the sick one and um and that must have been really, really hard. So I made amends to everybody in my family, but I think there's certainly an opportunity to do it again to because I don't think you really even realize how much you affect the family until you hear a story like this and w- reading those words about this child that was wailing because he lost his brother, somebody he idolized and looked up to. I can't imagine what that would have been like for my brother or either one of my brothers, but especially my younger brother, um, who I'm very close to and my parents, because I know that they thought I was going to be dead a million times. that They were waiting for the phone call. And as my mom says, People were lighting up the churches with candles praying for me and uh, it certainly worked along with a lot of other active methods of getting sober, fixing my life. It wasn't just me. It was a whole team and it was my family's support and love for sure. And um, I know that this family that lost their son had tremendous love and still have tremendous love for their, their child and I think that if you are suffering through this addiction, don't think that you just need to go to Al-Anon a few times or go to a therapist a few times and then you're done. You're not. You know, you got to work on yourself. You got to learn how to take care of yourself. When I was sober for quite a while, I started dating an active alcoholic and I tried to get him sober. Uh, that didn't work. (laughs) And I, here I was, you know, somebody who is knowledgeable about the program. Doesn't mean that I was healthy, okay? It takes a long, long time to really, really take a long, hard look at yourself. And, um, yeah, I really think that people need to, to start talking about this and start getting help and start supporting people instead of shaming them. Uh, it has nothing to do with you not having willpower, uh, discipline, because I think I'm one of the most disciplined people in the world, but I couldn't stop drinking. I couldn't stop doing drugs for years. And I was destroying my whole family. And, um, and it's, and there's so many bottoms (laughs) when he reaches his bottom, then it will work. Well, don't be surprised if jail's not the bottom. Don't be surprised if the divorce isn't the bottom. Don't be surprised if when your child steals from you, isn't the bottom because there's a lot of bottoms. I I mean, I, I can't even list how many bottoms I had before I realized I was sick and tired and I couldn't do this anymore. So for the family that lost their son and for anybody that has lost a child, I am sending you love and hope and there is hope. So just know that you can't fix them. My mom and dad couldn't fix me. It wasn't until everybody turned their back on me that I was able to get the help that I needed. And um, and it has to come from another place. If you're thinking about fixing your husband or your significant other, and you don't understand why they wouldn't stop drinking because you're such a great person, it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with the addiction of alcoholism, drug addiction. So get educated, you know, look it up alcoholism is a disease, drug addiction is a disease, is the reason why people are dropping like flies from uh, overdosing and suicide, and um, it's not pretty, so this isn't, you know, fun for me to talk about, that's for sure, but I know that I would have loved to hear this message, to know that I wasn't alone, so you're not alone, and uh, there's help out there, so look it up this, there's a disease. There's a great chapter in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, to wives. And you could apply that to husbands, to moms, to dads, to sons, to daughters, doesn't matter. Um, I went to Al-Anon when I was sober, when I was dating this active alcoholic and saved my life, saved me from marrying him. That's what it did. And I realized it wasn't about him. It was about me and uh, all that great codependency that comes along with Oh, so many issues. But anyway, I hope that you got at least a little piece of value out of this. I am here. If you ever need to speak about this, if this will help you or a family member, uh, you can reach out. Just Google the Dr. Whisper. Every piece of information of how to contact me is there. And um, someone was there to help me. So how selfish it would be if I wasn't there to help somebody else. Thanks for tuning in. And I hope if you are suffering or know somebody that's suffering, you will get them the help they need or get some help yourself. There's no shame in it. There's only shame in not doing anything about it. I would love it if I never had to read another story about somebody overdosing and the pain that the family suffer through. Thanks for tuning in.